you know, normally when I start off uh, episodes of the Laps, I, I tell you a little bit about how uh, you can support this show, how this show is supported by listeners like you. Um, I'm actually going to go off script here. I'm going to let you in on a, a little secret. I started the Laps some two and a half years ago. Uh, it was kind of a lark. I did it because I was tired of submitting to publications who wanted readers' fees. Uh, I had a background in film and did not want to work 15 hours a day. So I sort of stumbled into podcasting, and it turned out the thing that I made, people really liked. It, it won an iTunes award, it, it got featured in publications like uh, The Telegraph and The Independent, these sort of uh, <laughs> places I never thought I would be in in my life. And uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to do. It is also uh, something that barely allows me to pay my rent every month. It is a show that it's something that's difficult to deal with because the idea is that a podcast should be free and, and, and the notion of even donating to a podcast, that is, that is an act of charity. It's not an act of commerce, right? So it makes it very difficult for a show, even like this, that is in terms of download numbers, uh, that is apparently within the top 1% of kind of all podcasts. To me, that's kind of crazy, right? That you can have a show within the top 1% of all listenership that is almost always nearly broke. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, if you want to change that just a little bit, patreon.com slash the laps is where I look for your support. I try to do as much as I can to make it worthwhile for you as well. Uh, in fact, um, this particular episode was there a full week early um, at, at, at mere $3 a month. There are exclusive mini-sodes, uh, five-minute shorts, um, you can get a look at some of my old, not very good student films. You can actually talk to me there. I respond and interact with every single one of my patrons there on a regular basis. I sure could use the help and I sure would appreciate it. Patreon.com slash the laps. Thanks, folks. With that said, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lab Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest, and let me ask you this Have you ever pursued something that you knew straight from the get go was crazy. This is one of those experiences, and believe me, I've been guilty of this more often than not, where in the back of your mind, you're going, this is probably a bad idea, but what the hell, let's, uh, let's see how this shakes out. This story by Joel Holmes has a bit of that and a dash of a Scooby-Doo mystery. I, I really do adore it. Now make sure you stay to the very end into the credits on this one, because there's a link directly related to the outcome of this story that you are going to want to see. I promise you it's worth your time. I'm calling this one The All-Seeing Eye Club. See you with your ears. This is The Lapse. It all started for Joe with a poster. The poster sits on a nondescript message board in the middle of George Mason University, Northern Virginia. If you're at all even remotely interesting in freedom, liberty, prosperity, or manhood, please join the All-Seeing Eye Club at your local college. We feel that the only way to live is to live like it's the only way possible to live. This system is based on gold and will be so. The election will not be read. Most of the other students, they walk right by this thing, some lunatic's gibberish. It features an image of one of those radiating eyeballs, you know, the kind you see on conspiracy sites. At the bottom it reads, Meeting, March 7th, 2013, Chasey Meeting Room B, 7.40 p.m. 
JC, meeting room B. Lights dimmed, like people on their knees on the carpet, laying down, like people moaning, really intense music going on, like it was like a Pentecostal Christian service in this meeting room. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Hey, dude, uh, you know, does somebody called the All-Seeing Eye Club book this room? You guys gonna be here a while? Yeah, nobody reserved this room at all. It's a bust. But on the way out, Joe spies more than a few equally lost-looking students. Nobody wanted to, like, walk up and be like, hey, are you here for the conspiratorial schizophrenia club? It's a weird question, but are you guys here for the all-seeing eye club? Yeah. So none of you made the flyers? No. He's not here then? It was a bunch of, like, introverted guys, like, like, solitary kind of semen dudes. Mike, a snappily-dressed business major. How you doing? Husky fella Nick doesn't speak much. Hi. And the little guy, John Paul. Nice beard, by the way. Thanks. Collectively, the question remains, who the hell is making these flyers? First, we decided we needed to collect all the flyers and to see where all the flyers were. Little did I know, there's like a million of them. The Dream Club, the Enlightenment Club, the Anti-Dreaming Club, the Anti-Enlightenment Club, and then there was the All-Seeing Eye Revivalist Club, Future All-Seeing Eye Club. Here's one for the GMU All-Knowing Dreamist All-Seeing Eye Club. The Anti-Club. This one has free pizza with a big pepperoni pizza as its image. Oh, this is my favorite one, the Enlightened Club. Cancel your plans. You need not desire anything. I have the answers to the end, suffering and desire in the same point. I am not enlightened. I seek knowledge in the past and have now received it. The people who control the world want us to live like cavemen. Instead, you should live the club. Eat your meals with the club. We will consume your soul. I am insane. I am insane. I am insane. However, forget about that. Don't join the morons at any of the other clubs you will find at your local college. I will be there on March 7th, March 7th, March 29th, JC meeting room B, 7.30 p.m. Trouble is, nobody's ever there. We gotta get in touch with him, we gotta lure him in. I was, I was ready to, you know, do something crazy. That was around the time people started dropping out. We had the first guy drop out. Mike, the business major. He says, you know, man, I gotta be honest, I got a busy semester, and uh, this guy sounds maybe a little mentally unstable. This is too weird for me. Each of the flyers had the same format. Weird-ass title, a clip art image that was, like, bizarre and startling, and then, like, a ramble. What I ended up doing was, like, the stack of flyers that we had collected during the meeting. I just, like, grabbed lines from and just like sort of recycled them. So I did Paranoia Therapy Club GMU and had a picture of a surveillance camera. Hello, fellow human. Are you disturbed by the 2015 riots? Do you need a loving hand? Then at the very bottom, uh, an email account. About a month goes by. Just totally forgot about it. Open that fake Gmail account up. And there's like 25 messages from Dr. Cornelius Handroid. I enjoy your artwork. Thank you, Cornelius Handroid. I enjoyed your posters. I want to make some for you. I have good ideas. 
I want to make posters. Please respond. Please respond. Is this even a real email address? I'm going to do this all night until you actually respond. Give me your contact information. Crazy as those emails might seem, Joe now has a direct line to Dr. Handroid. So he emails him back. I would send him one thing like, hey, we should meet up sometime or something like real like undercover narc kind of wording. He would send stuff that was like legitimately pretty creepy, like a woman screaming at full volume. I showed that to the other members of the group. That was when pretty much everybody got scared off. The only person that didn't was John Paul. It was just me and him. Early on into school, like I was really sure I was going to follow that academic path, you know, um, and get a PhD and go to graduate school and teach and stuff like that was for sure what I wanted to do. Maybe about halfway through college, like I started losing my enthusiasm for the academic life. I was just going to philosophy classes just to finish my degree so I could get out of school. The moment I got back from class, like I would be on Gmail, like making weird stuff, like making creepy art and then sending him a picture of it. It was the only thing on my mind. It was like almost like a secret code. I was feeling like I was receiving. Joe's relationship with Dr. Handroid might best be described as a kind of schizophrenics art exchange. Pretty much just me on my laptop late at night going back and forth on, on Gmail with this guy. I want to know how this guy's mind works. Joe makes copycat flyers, strange websites Dr. Handroid might enjoy. In return, Dr. Handroid sends his own attachments. And then eventually, he sent me all caps. Do you want to see the all-seeing iClub packet box? You have to do what's necessary. Joe hovers over the link for a second like it might bite him. Click. YouTube videos. They're some of the most bizarre. He'll just like zoom in on a Pepsi can for eight seconds. And he told me I needed to watch every single one. Hundreds of videos. Hundreds of them. And most of them centered around Pepsi. Towards the end of them, I start seeing like this pizza box size thing. And it just has all seeing eye club packet box written on it with a, a triangle and an eye in the triangle. These like throw in the box down a flight of stairs or like drop in a box from the top of the parking garage, just like beating the box up, spilling Pepsi on it. He had like a Pepsi fetish, like it was like a lot of Pepsi. Weird stuff, man. The real question is if this is nonsense or if these are clues. Me and John Paul are talking back and forth this whole time. Like, we're, we're close to getting the packet box. Like, it's just going to be a little bit longer before like, he's going to let us know where it is. I think it's time for you to receive the box. But please be careful. I wouldn't want you to hurt yourself. Video number 299. Video of a hand holding the box, and it walks up the steps to this university building. Puts the camera on the name of the building. Krug Hall. He walks inside, walks up two flights of stairs. He points the camera at the name of the classroom door. Goes all the way back to the back row 
like one ceiling tile from the end and just nudges it two times with his hand. And then the video shuts off. I was working at the time for an after-school program on campus that had like a lot of high school kids, 14 to 17 year olds. So like I was taking a break from work when I went to go get the packet box. So it was like undercover conspiracy agent and then like, you know, tutor for the children. So me and John Paul, the two of us go over there and we go to the room where it was mentioned. We were both kind of a little nervous. We do not know this guy, and he has remained very opaque in his motivations. It was like 3 p.m. on campus, but like no one was in this building. John Pauling. Who is it? You know how like something weird happens and all of a sudden like the very normal world you're in suddenly becomes very spooky. When they're sure the coast is clear, and they're not being watched, Joe pulls up a chair and readies himself below the ceiling tile. Then ever, ever so gingerly, he lifts the corner and he reaches inside. I just feel all these little pokes, like prickliness. Really carefully, I kind of like get around the edges of it and bring it down. Please be careful, 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 careful. I would want you to hurt yourself. The whole box is covered in thumbtacks, like a hedgehog of a box. We don't know if this guy's going to jump in the classroom. Like, I remember this. This was, like, actually a little bit scary for a second. We take all the thumbtacks off and then, like, stuff the box in one of our backpacks. We get to this auditorium and start taking the box apart. The box is like this mess. The box is wrapped in so many layers of tape and like various assortments of filth that it's like you just had to destroy the box to open it. They're like little pennies, a bunch of burnt pieces of paper, like just garbage and it's impossible to tear and get at. You can tell that there's a package in the, in the center of it, but you just had to rip everything apart. Creepy. We find a bunch of photocopied versions of the GMU Paranoia Club, the flyer that I made, marked up and like crossed out. In the center of this Tootsie Roll Pop. There are two things. One is a flyer written on a piece of paper that says like, congratulations on making it to the end of the packet box. I will give you some clues about my identity now. I am a male. I am in my 20s. I live in the DC, Virginia, Maryland area. The other thing was a CD that said the GMU All Seeing Eye Club Greatest Hits 2013. We split up for a second, I finished my shift at work and we agreed to meet back up later in the day. It was the weekend, so I was heading back to where I was staying and listening to the CD, riding in the car, you know. It was like, it was like he was talking directly to me. Do I? 
Do I have any fans of the all-seeing eye club? Is this a thing that there are people in the club? Are there? Is, <laughs> is this a thing that there's um? I can't can't stand this anymore. You know. Well, I'd like to talk to you about something even more important than all of this. There's something more out there that I'm searching for. You know, if I could find it, I wouldn't be doing this, would I? Do you really think I'd spend my time wasting, wasting my time doing this for you pathetic, whatever you call yourselves? There's, there's, there's the microphone in this thing. Um, I suppose you're wondering why I didn't go to the meeting. And I suppose you're wondering why I did go to the meeting in case I had decided to come to the meeting. Then either way you're looking for answers, I'm asking the questions in jeer of following my orders because this isn't you examining me, this is me examining you here. The guinea pig here, I'm the mind controller. You don't tell me what to do, I tell you what to do. I. It's an 18 minute recording. Just this blur of a manifesto. The crazy train, it is only picking up speed. When I get home, that's when I got, like, the freaky email. Phase one has been completed as I know you've taken the box. I'm almost disappointed in both of you for walking right into my trap. Now I know the appearance of members in my club. To be true members of my club, I would ask you to be more careful about your identities. Nice beards, by the way. Now that you've come this far, I expect you to be perfectly ready for phase two, a direct increase in membership. I will ask you to create new posters for me and then to post all of these posters around DC. You only have two members in your subdivision of the All-Seeing Eye Club. In two weeks' time, you are required to have ten members. Phase three cannot be completed with the small numbers we have in my club today. Phase three is a total takeover of DC by the All-Seeing Eye Club. We must gain national attention. Fires are erupting all over campus. George Mason has like 25,000 students. The main message board has a giant picture of Nicolas Cage with a pirate hat on and an eye patch and like all of the most ridiculous rambles. And at the very top of it, it says, Attention. I am enlightened. Contact Dr. Cornelius Android at yahoo.com. Oh my God. I'm the only person talking to this guy right now. Joe crafts an email back to Dr. Handroid. As we enter phase two, we need a confirmation of your good intentions, Dr. Handroid. We are asking you directly, who are you? Please give us an honest answer. We enjoyed your packet very much. Exposed all-seeing iClub followers. I was just having these, like, 
like nightmare scenarios of like walking with some students and like making sure nobody jumps out at me and I got my kids with me like no <laughs> I can't it was just bad I was recruited into a cult accidentally I told John Paul about that I was like dude this is really sketchy actually like I don't feel comfortable with this guy knowing who I am like I'm kind of freaked out I'm just leaving all this to rest John Paul was like yeah yeah this is kind of freaky, huh? Joe gets an email. There is no phase two. The club is over. However, could you fill out a survey on your cult experience? On a scale from one to ten, rate the following. Your level of paranoia. How committed you were to your leader. How convinced you were in my truths. How willing you would have been to die for me. How emotionally invested you were. How many posters would you have created? How connected did you feel to your fellow members? Would you have killed another member of the All-Seeing Eye Club? Your level of shame. How convinced you were that I was God. What could I have done differently to gotten you to blindly follow me better? Should I have made the pack easier to open? Signed, Dr. Hendroid. Joe's had just about enough of being toyed with. He closes the email. Now, the next morning, there's another email. And it's a little bit scary. Not because he got another one, but because it's in his personal inbox. In the inbox was Dr. Cornelius Android. My Joe Holmes, like my human persona email address, it wasn't my moniker. I opened it up, and it said, Dear Joe Holmes, I am sorry for having frightened you. I was making some flyers to deal with a lot of unresolved feelings after breaking up with my girlfriend. And then it all got kind of crazy. My name is John Paul Davies, and I'm a math major. Originally, he was making the flyers with her as like a fun activity for the two of them. And, uh, and then they broke up. He described writing the flyers as he was processing these extremely isolated, heartbroken, going crazy kind of feelings. The stream of consciousness nonsense was like his way of dealing. All of the flyers and how like GMU anti-dream club about how he would go to sleep and have dreams about his girlfriend. So it all came from this very, like, human, original place, you know, like like a very everybody-could-relate-to-it kind of place, and just the place he went with it was <laughs> way gone. It was just like, yeah, man, I'm sorry to scare you. I was just playing around. I was like, well, you know, why didn't you say anything at that first meeting? And he was like, man, I just got kind of nervous. I, I, didn't want, I thought people would think I was weird or something. Like, I didn't want to, like, fess up to it. So I just didn't say anything at all. Once he recognized that we didn't know that he made it, it started becoming like a fun thing to do. He was like, I hope you're not mad at me or like hate me for it. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, that's amazing. I mean, he's an amazing guy. He's absolutely brilliant. Like the other stuff that he made, like he just, he makes very bizarre things. We started talking about relationships and stuff like that and just having like very close, you know, intimate conversations about life and about love and stuff like that which is just awesome. 
you know, it was like this long way of like having, having a good friend. He's still my friend now. That story again was shared by Joe Holmes. Believe it or not, John Paul's experiments with Dr. Handroid kind of changed the course of Joe's life. As a result, he started making art of his own. And that was about three years ago, but that was definitely like the genesis of me like wanting to, to do creative work like as a, a kind of changing of course from, from the academics and stuff too, you know? You can check out his work, past and present, on Instagram at MandibleJunker. You should also, and I told you to stick around to the end of the show because I really, really wanted to give you this link. You can check out almost 300, almost every single video that Dr. Handroid made on YouTube in their original glory right now. Nobody has even watched these. Some of them don't even break like 10 views. Do a YouTube search for Dr. Handroid. That's D-R-H-A-N-D-R-O-I-D. No spaces. I'll also be linking some of my faves at thelabs.org. Do check it out. It's super weird. And I totally understand why Joe fell down this rabbit hole. Thank you to Sarah Sandusky, who was a patron of the show and said, hey, you know, I want to do some transcription. I want to see what you got. Uh, She did the transcription for this episode for me. So credit goes to Sarah. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Thanks as well to the Lapses Executive Level patrons this month, Jill Galvez, Cindy Crines, Anthony Cantu, Rob Holcomb, Matthew Gibson, Jennifer Cherney, and 802 Studios. You can join them in keeping this show alive at patreon.com slash the labs. I really, really do rely on your support to make this possible. Plus, uh, you'll find an uncut audio. I'm going to do the uncut audio from Dr. Hendred's manifesto from this episode, all 18 minutes. Uh, a 20-minute exclusive episode by yours truly is up there. Uh, you'll actually get super early access to future episodes from here on out. Uh, this, this episode was up a whole week early. All that and more at patreon.com slash the labs. Thank you so, so much. My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Lapse. Thank you so much for listening.